Hey guys, welcome to the Indie Game Development Podcast. Here we tackle the challenges of indie game development head-on from the technical to the emotional and talk about the secrets to conquering self-doubt on your journey to crafting games that people will love. Subscribe so you never miss another episode and if you haven't already, please give us a rating and review so that this podcast gets shared with more people. We'd really, really appreciate it. Ready? Let's go. What is going on guys? My name is Brandon and I make video games and YouTube videos about making video games and so does my buddy here, Aya. Aya, how's it going? Thank you so very much for joining me for this interview. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I've, You and I have spoken before and I'm a really big fan of your games, so I'm really excited about this. For people that do not know who you are, they don't know your YouTube channel, and they don't know about your game, Mana Valley, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do so that you kind of familiarize yourself with them. I won't go back too far, but uh, basically I've been developing a uh, a game for about a, a little over a year, a year and a half now. It's an RPG witch game. Um kind of a mix of different stuff. Uh, we might get into it a little bit later that I might be pivoting a little bit, but yeah, it's a uh, make videos on YouTube for, for that and have been developing that, uh, alongside other weird projects, uh, you know, <laughs> smaller projects for YouTube, but yeah. Yeah. This is really cool for me because I've watched like the only stuff of yours that I have not watched is some of your older stuff, the more tutorial related stuff. Uh, but I've mm -hmm. watched every single one of your devlogs and, uh, yeah, your game is called Mana Valley and just, I'm coming from almost like a fan's perspective because, uh, I'm really excited about the game, no matter how long it takes. I know it's a slow process to make games, <laughs> but, um, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, how did you get into the video game industry. I know that you and I have talked about this like personally off camera before, but again, for the interview's sake, uh, how did you get into all of this? Uh, yeah, so I, uh, by trade, am an architect. I went to school for architecture and graduated and got my license in architecture and then uh, started my own business with architecture, uh, sort of like an education architecture uh, is like the niche that I was in. And then COVID hit and uh, they closed down uh, the testing centers that people were using my products for. And so just like all of a sudden, like that income was gone because wow. people were basically like studied, you know, to, to do that. Luckily, you know, there's, you know, savings and stuff. You know, you prepare for that when you own your own business. But yeah. um, I saw, I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, it makes sense to sort of like pivot into something else in case this ever happens. And obviously, you know, COVID didn't last forever. People started taking the exams again. So, yep. uh, but it was like an eye opener for me. It was like, Oh, like maybe I should diversify. So, uh, there's a game that I really loved called, uh, slap shot that was getting remade. The lead dev on that stopped developing the game. He had sort of done it as a passion project, but didn't expect it to do well. Uh, and then it did well. And then it was a lot of stress for him to like deal with managing a community. <laughs> and he was like, you know what? I'm done. And so one of the other devs bought the rights to the IP and started to make a new game. And uh, they invited me. I was part of the community at the time. I hadn't been developing games, uh, but I really enjoyed it. They invited me to play test the game. And it was a lot, a lot further behind than I anticipated. Okay. And there was a lot of things with it that was like very, uh, yeah, sort of like not there. And right. I was really worried for the future of the game that and, and the community. So I started learning Unity to try to help them. 
And then eventually they invited me onto the team and that sort of, and then I worked on that project for a year and a half and then started my own YouTube stuff after that. So that's amazing now. And yeah, your, your YouTube stuff. I, <laughs> I have, I have questions <laughs> like you, um, you make really highly successful YouTube videos. And like, I've, I've spoken to quite a few YouTubers now and like, there's, a lot of varying degrees of uh, of views and success in terms of the game dev space on YouTube, but mm. some of your videos have like really skyrocketed up there in terms of views to the point where you know there's only a couple of developers that I see that like get close to like or reach the like half a million views mark for for game development. Most people that are doing really well will hit like you know 50,000 views on a video or something like that but some of yours like mm. really skyrocketed up there and you have this game that people really seem to like fall in love with on site right for people that want to be where you're at in terms of your game dev journey in terms of um where you're at with your youtube where you're at with your game just tell me a little bit about like what is your day-to-day -day life like because i know a lot of people get into game development and they kind of work on it as a hobby they do it really 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 part-time i used to do it you know an hour a day maybe in the evenings uh just on weekends and i know a lot of people listening are in that position so for someone uh that has a game that's shaping up to look like yours that has a youtube channel that gets the views like yours what's your day-to-day -day life look like um so uh, it's not very exciting. Basically, I wake up and I work and I work all day and then I go to sleep and I wake up. It's basically it. like I know it sounds crazy, but that is basically it. Monday through Sunday, you know, I don't take days off. I just basically work. And my wife and I have talked about this is like I just have a hard time shutting. I mean, I love what I do. Yeah. Right. Like uh, I, I really do enjoy it. Uh, it is stressful when you're sort of like the, the thing that with the type of uh videos that i make is that it's not really evergreen content like a year from now well even like my videos or yeah my videos now they don't really gain views they have this sort of like uh huge momentum and then after that they're they're there and they get you know way less views like it's not like when you have a successful video, it gets pushed by the algorithm and then maybe it has a second life, some, you know, however long, you know, like six months, a year, right. uh, it gets pushed again. But, uh, you, with like something like tutorials, you can rely on that being a steady form of like evergreen content, um, where I can't really do that. So I have to like constantly be putting out videos, uh, Yep. So, and, yeah. I'm, and to be able to put out videos, you have to be working on the game constantly too, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and it usually takes me, I wouldn't say two weeks, but it kind of almost takes me two weeks to make a video to do like the script and to, that's like just making the video. So it's like two weeks of working on something. Um, and then two work, two weeks of working on a video and, um, yeah, it's it's nuts. And then you post it and everyone's like, when's the next one? <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like I mean, it's eight minutes, right? Like eight to 12 minutes are like typically the the length of time. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think the reason that people enjoy them is that there's so much in those eight minutes. Right. Like, you know, it's it's a, a month of work for me or two weeks worth of work. And but it's like all of that experience in one yep. you know in eight minutes so and so 
um, people that don't make videos, I find like before I started making videos, I had no idea how much time was involved in the video making process. Yeah. So yeah, to put, to kind of just throw the validation out there, it's, um, and you and I have talked about this before and it, the number is going to blow some people away. Like how many hours would you say are spent editing one eight to 12 minute video? So, so I was talking with someone about this the other day. I think per 45 seconds of video length, it's about a day of work, like a full day. Yep. That's for every 45 seconds. That sounds so right. That, like include, yeah, including like writing a script and like getting the videos and editing. Um, that's how much time I spend. Uh, there are other people doing like a way smarter job with that. Uh, we, we can talk about that a little bit later that I would like to try to get into that they can have videos with millions of views and they spend way less time on it. Uh, but the, currently the way that I make videos, that's that's how it goes. Yep. And it's kind of it's kind of one of those crazy things where like, uh, you spend all this time on it and then your video does well and you're, you're not really sure like exactly what the magic sauce is. Yep. So like you spent all this time on it and you're like, well, is it all these things? Like, it's hard to really know. So you just keep doing the same thing. <laughs> if that makes sense. So. Yes, it does. You find success once and you're, you're just trying to duplicate it. Right. right. And everything mm -hmm. like it all revolves around the game too. Right. Because I think. I assume for you, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you probably started a YouTube channel not only to make some money on the side because you get sponsorship deals and um, and you get the ad revenue and all that stuff, and that's great, but um, you also get wish lists on your game, right? Was that kind of the original motivation for you? Yeah, so um, that was, I guess, the long play was, was hey, I'm going to, I want to make a game or I'm going to, I didn't have any idea at the time. It was just, you know, I'm eventually going to want to make a game. And as an indie dev, how do you market your game? Yep. Because there's lots of games out there and you can spend all your time making a game. But if you don't have an ability to market it, no one's going to play it. It could be the best game in the world and yep. no one's going to play it. So, um, yeah, I was like, you know what? I had another uh, YouTube channel. Uh, you know, I had some experience making videos um and i was like you know what and that was sort of like a 3d modeling education okay so i was like you know what i've been learning all of these things with game dev maybe i'll just do the same thing but for game dev so that's uh kind of where i started and then uh, what i realized with that it's i think way easier to monetize that um but people just want the answer right yep. they're not coming to watch your video yep that's right like they want they want like if you if you provide the script like at the beginning of my videos i would say hey as always you can download the script and you could see like literally at that point it's just a drop off of people <laughs> clicking the link and going to download the script everyone's like i don't need the oh. video now yeah <laughs> right <laughs> um and so and like really what i wanted to do is teach uh you know teach people how to use the things that i was i was doing i didn't want them to just download it and move on um, so, uh, and that hurts your channel when you, when that happens. So, um, yeah, I, I pivoted a little bit and tried making a video about that was like more entertaining. Yep. So less like focused on code and more, uh, just, yeah, just entertaining. And, uh, it didn't do well at first, but it's my video with the most views, my first video where I tried this and it took off like six months later. 
Um, that's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> the algorithms yeah, so of weird. mystery. <laughs> <laughs> Just like absolutely no views. And then all of a sudden it, it picked up a bunch of views. So, um, but I had sort of like decided to go down that path at that point. So, gotcha. um, yeah. Yeah. And you do a really good job of it. Like I, I find your videos entertaining through and through the entire way. And you can tell a lot of work Thanks. goes into it. Even like, um, there's all the obvious stuff on the surface, right? You, you write the script, you gather, gather up all your screen capture, all that stuff. You make sure your audio is just perfect. Um, but I, you also throw in like a whole lot of little Easter eggs and things that would be really hard for some people to notice. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. I see a lot of like little tiny, uh, appearances of other YouTubers. There'll be little avatars on your videos, just all these little attention to detail things that you do. It's absolutely incredible. I tried to be better with putting less of those in because <laughs> I do feel like most people don't notice them. Um, and I've pointed out to people before, I'm like, yeah, have you, have you guys seen the Easter eggs? And they're like, no, like, it'll be like, you know, a second where something flashes on the screen yep. or something. And those are really fun for me, but I also think, uh, and probably fun, you know, if you, if you realize that I do them, um, <laughs> but yeah, they they, take time too. So I've been trying to get better with that because it just is such a grueling process. Yep. <laughs> so you, you mentioned your day-to-day -day schedule is basically you wake up and you work <laughs> and you go to bed <laughs> and you wake up and you do yeah. it all again the next day. And I, I can relate to that. It's, um, uh, it's, it's just, it's a really busy life when you choose to do mm -hmm. YouTube videos and you choose to make games. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, um, do you ever have problems with like motivating yourself? Do you ever have days where you wake up and you just, you, you feel like burnt out or you feel like I just need a freaking break. I don't want to work on my game. I don't want to do this today. Do you ever have any problems with that? And if so, like, what do you do to overcome that? So, um, I don't, I think I've been doing this long enough. This is going to sound crazy. And I know people might be like, this isn't true. He's lying. But <laughs> I feel like I don't really burn out. Um, oh my God. I've said those exact words, by the way. <laughs> I know I what you mean. Like, I can keep going, but I, I do feel like at a certain, but I do have like this self doubt that happens a lot. Okay. You know, like you can have one person say something that hits, you know, in a, in the comments that sort of like hits home or like hits a sore spot yep. and you're like, Oh, and then like, it kind of like ruins your day. Um, all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you know, then I'm focusing on like this one tiny thing and I'm like, is it, is that, is it like that? You know, like, um, one of the things that people have said before and like, even in my last video is that the characters have like weird legs and it has to do with the IK. I didn't like set everything up correctly okay. like, in past videos, so, but the last video was like a year of progress. So there was a lot of footage from all over the year and gotcha. I spent a bunch of time like working on that. Uh, but I think because I had shown like previous footage, people like brought it back cause they had seen older footage, right. but I'm still like, did I fix it? Did I not fix it? <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like stuff like that where, um, it's easy for me to get sidetracked about stuff. Like I, I, I love working on things, but when it's almost like because I do so many things, I think it's like, I'm not getting burnt out on one thing. If that makes sense. Yes. Like, I'll develop the game and then I'm switching to YouTube mode. And sometimes that just in itself can be difficult. Like just like switching gears. 
uh, from like development mode into I'm making a YouTube video now. Yep. yep. Um, so I, yeah, I struggle with that a lot. I, I totally know what you mean. It's that's one of the things that I really um, hate doing is switching tasks. All I want to do is like yeah. dive, dive deep into the code and just add features, yeah. add features, add features. But sometimes you got to switch gears and do other stuff. So it's funny. I, I think that the whole I feel like I don't burn out because you said that and I relate to that a lot. And do you think that has something to do with just the fact that we do stuff that we love on a daily basis, even though it's a lot of work, it's something you really enjoy doing. Do you think that's probably a part of it? I think so. I, I think, yeah, I mean that, that has to be it. Right. I mean, like I also think game devs, well in game dev or probably just programming in general, you build up this kind of like tolerance like you have to break through when things are like when you run into a bug or yeah. like a problem, right? Like just giving up at that point isn't really an option. Like you just sort of like power through it and like bash your head against the wall until you figure it out. And I think that that's kind of what like burning out is like, right? Where like you get to like a bug, right? And you can either just walk away or you can just plow through it. Yep. So maybe it's part of like that you in just a lot of ways. Develop some grit because we do this so many times on a daily basis. That that makes a lot of sense to me, actually. Yeah. Because if you gave up, you know, the first time that you came across a bug that you didn't really understand, you're like, what the hell is this? You're you wouldn't have anything even remotely close to a game. You wouldn't even have a character walking around on the screen because like you get so many problems that they're going to arise around every single corner with everything that you're making so yeah right that makes a lot of sense to me you're just you're plowing through and every single day you come across like i don't know 10 20 things 30 things that kind of make you scratch your head a little bit and if you mm -hmm. get frustrated every single time one of those crops up it's going to be a really really long day and really long life if that's what you're having right. to do all the time <laughs> yep yeah it's kind of yeah it's interesting to think about Yes, it is. So I want to go back to, you mentioned discouraging thoughts because that's something that I battle mm -hmm. with a lot as well. Um, I thought that motivation was going to be like a bigger topic for game developers, but from uh, from myself and from you and from a couple of other developers that I've spoken to now, motivation doesn't seem to be like a huge problem for people. People seem to have more of a problem like stepping away from stuff rather than actually like settling into doing some work mm. for the day but it's it's the negative thoughts that are the really really big thing and i think that youtube probably doesn't help with that much because you've always got the comments on the videos and it's really hard yeah. and, and you know um 99 out of 100 are usually always really nice comments really encouraging comments but of course we're we're humans and we're always <laughs> going to be zoning in on that one comment that like really makes you feel like crap right um uh, and i battle with thoughts like you know like what the hell are you doing no one's going to want to play your game like <laughs> uh everyone is watching your youtube channel to watch you fail rather than because they're like cheering you on and wanting you to make a game just all these ridiculous mm. thoughts that come through my head um and you mentioned you have similar thoughts to that as well like do you have You've been doing this for a while and you, you have, uh, how many subscribers do you have now, by the way, you've got to be around 60,000 or higher. I think we're just under 70, just under 70. Okay. So I'm a little bit behind then. Yeah. So, um, you got, 
just under 70,000 subscribers, you get like hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of comments on each one of your videos, probably over a thousand. I don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Um, but you've got to be a little bit used to this at this point. You see comments and you see stuff that hits your stuff. Like, do you have any advice or wisdom or or anything to share with people that really struggle with critical feedback or or even just mean comments in general, but mostly like regarding critical feedback on, oh, your game, you, you know, your character's legs look like crap. What the hell's going on with the legs? Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you not let that ruin your, like, how do you make yourself keep on powering through and keep on working even after you hear that stuff? Uh, so I don't know. So for me, I don't know if that stuff is discouraging it's just, so I dealt with this a lot when I worked on uh, Slapshot. It was because I, one of the things that I did when I worked there was I did play testing. Um, and we had a lot of people with a lot of feedback and we tried a few different solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that you get when you develop games, uh, because there tend to be younger people and just people that gamers tend to not be very high filters. <laughs> so you deal with this all the time. Right. Uh, and I call it gamer splaining is like uh, people inherently think they know how to design a game because they play one. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. So like you get a lot of that. So you have to like sort of the hardest thing about feedback, I think, is filtering through the noise uh, and trying to get to the core of what people are saying and what they mean. Um, and, uh, and sometimes you can just ignore com like because when someone makes a comment, you don't know whether it's someone who, uh, you know, is eleven or someone who is you know thirty five. Uh, yeah. you, you know, they could be an employee for like a triple A studio. You know, that, that has a ton of experience. You don't know, right? So, um, I try to take every uh comment seriously. Uh, and filter through the noise of like the verbiage of however they've said what they've said um, and ask more questions. Like sometimes people say something that hurts, you know, and I'll be like, well, you know, if someone says like, hey, your game sucks, right? And you're like, well, what didn't you like about it? Or what don't you like? Right. And I think it's important. Uh, I've learned this and it's hard, but like your game doesn't have to be for everybody. Yes. Um, sometimes it it hurts, but you're like, okay, well maybe this game just isn't for you. And I think like I've dealt with this a lot be, because people have lots of great ideas yep. for, for the games. That's like one of the big things that I struggle with is everyone is excited about it. And in some ways, like I present the game um, and there's lots of gaps in what the game is and people fill those gaps with whatever they think the game is on their own. Right. So, um, there's like lots of these like unspoken expectations that people develop right? and they give these, like, this is the direction based on what I think the game is that you should make the game. Um, and so you have to like stick to your guns of what you want the game to be and, uh, be able to say to somebody like to respect their feedback, but also say like, Hey, this is a great idea, but this is, that's not the game that I'm making. Right. Um, and I think that's like really the thing that I try to do. Uh, whereas, uh, I'm just going to throw him under the bus for a second. The lead dev of the last team that I was on, uh, would tell, uh, testers that they were idiots. 
So I don't oh. think that's the right approach. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's probably coming from a place of like, yeah, feeling hurt based on the comments. If I had to guess it's, um, because I, can very much relate to the fact that it is hard to hear especially especially when it's just you working on a game because it's like it's mm -hmm. your baby that you're creating so it can be hard to take the feedback but that's all i wrote down what you said filter through the noise because that's really good and just i i also find trying to like you don't get any of the um what am i trying to say here you don't get any of the like you don't know the background of the person that's saying it is basically yeah. what you were saying. And that's, yeah, keeping that in mind, you don't know what age they are. You don't know what experiences they're having. You don't know if they're just in a crappy mood or if they're, yeah. you know, they just had a fight with their wife and now they're on YouTube and they just feel kind of hostile and are just, you know, taking it out on someone else. You don't know. Um, so, yeah, keeping all that in mind. Um, yeah, that's all really good stuff. Um, yeah, there's, so a, there's a just as an aside, there's a video I watched yesterday and it was just so slow. And I really wanted to comment, this video sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was like, it took like five minutes to get into the video. Oh, it was wow. just like a bunch of like, I don't know, like lollygagging or, or whatever the term is. It was just like uh, so frustrating to me. And I was like, and then once they got into it, it was like, that was it. It was like 20 seconds of information that I needed. Um, really? Wow. But yeah, so like I get it. Sometimes it's just like I want, I want the thing, you know. <laughs> like, yep. yeah, <laughs> it's. I didn't comment that, by the way. I would never. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> um, now I'm, I'm really. If you're 11, maybe you do comment. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you, you develop more of a filter in your older age, I suppose. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Depends on your mood too, sometimes. But um, yeah, I, I want to ask about Mana Valley specifically. Um because this looks like a really ambitious game. Uh, is this like, is this your, and I, I think you know what I mean when I say your dream game. I think every indie game developer has like this like really special vision that they just, they're dying to manifest into something that people can actually play. Um, is Mana Valley your dream game? So th this hurts a little bit because I feel like it, at a certain point, the uh because i've used dream game in my title a uh, few times yep. that some other game devs have thought that this is like the magic sauce for for going viral on youtube is just putting green uh dream game in, in your title, title. <laughs> um so um because that was like my first video to really take off was like making my dream game um so it's an interesting question um i would say yes mm -hmm. but i think along with that comes a ton of scope creep it's like uh, when I first posted my first video, I thought, oh, this will be something where I can work on from time to time. It'll be a really long-term project. And then like people really were into it and, and then they wanted to play it. And I was like, oh, well, okay, well, I guess I'll, I'll start working on this. Mm -hmm. Like actually like focus on it. And um, yeah, it's just kind of like, I didn't expect it to do as well as it did do. And I guess, you know, obviously great that it did, but, um, but yeah, it sort of happened very quickly. Like I don't have a design document. I probably should. I've thought about maybe I should do that at some point, <laughs> but like when I have an idea, I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Like, let me add it. 
or like, you know, like I really want to add fishing. I wanted to add it for like a while. Like I don't have like a really solid game loop set up yet. Yep. Uh, Cause it's like, you know, but I'm like, well, yeah, let me add fishing. That'd make a good video. <laughs> um, stuff like that. And I, I think especially with YouTube, like doing something that you enjoy is important yes. and something that this is like the difficult thing with developing a game and, and making YouTube videos for it at least on like a, a somewhat regular basis is like you, a lot of game development is boring. Yep. And so you have <laughs> to prioritize uh, the things that are interesting for videos. <laughs> yep. um, and that makes a really odd game development process uh, because you're working on like, I, I focus on a lot of visual things because YouTube is visual. Yep. So, I'll polish stuff way before I probably should because it makes it look cooler for a video or a thumbnail or whatever. Yep. Like I've worked on a camera system that I can like fly around and get like different shots um, for like B roll and stuff like that. Yep. And that takes a lot of time, but like, you know, I don't have the quest system. Like there's not a lot of like content in the game. Like I've been working on systems. So um, that makes so it. Yeah, it, it Go, sorry, go ahead. No, I don't. I forget what I was going to say. It, <laughs> it's like, it, it's that just, it makes perfect sense because, yeah, I find that sometimes when you're making a game and doing YouTube videos on it at the same time, it can almost make the development process go a little bit backwards because yeah. I think a lot of people would agree that if you're just, just making games and nothing else, then the polish would probably come a lot later after your game loop is finished and you make sure that it's fun and it's all working the way that you want. Then you go back and you make it look pretty, right? But as you said, yeah, with YouTube, you have to make it look pretty right out of the gate. Um, so yeah, it just, it ends up creating this really interesting, you can't quite work on it in the way that like a AAA studio would work on their game. And obviously you're just one person. So that, that adds a lot of factors into it as well. But because of YouTube, you, yeah, you end up prioritizing different things at different times. And I find that really interesting. So uh, with that being said, yeah, you mentioned you don't really have a solid game loop in there. So when I watch your videos uh, on Mana Valley, it like, it looks like a polished game. It looks like a game that is highly playable. And like, it can be easy for someone like me to sit there and be like, why doesn't like, why isn't there a demo yet? Why isn't there something playable out there yet? Because it looks ready. Um, and I just want to hear from you. Like, I assume I'm assuming because I'm also a developer and I know just because it looks ready doesn't mean it's anywhere even remotely close to that. And is that kind of the case with Mana Valley right now? Yeah. So I think, I think some of it is like imposter syndrome with me. Um, it's like, it's easy to hold. I'm sure a lot of developers deal with this. It's like, at what point do you decide to, to put your game out there for people to start playing? Yep. Um, and, uh, with the thing that I've realized with, with an RPG is that there's like just a mountain of content, right? So there's tons of systems, but then on top of that, there's lots of different like interconnecting content pieces that need to go together. It's like you have all your items, you have all of your, you know, all your stats, all of your enemies, all of your, you know, uh, NPCs, all of like the environment, you know, it's like all of the quests and stuff. And, and for one person, 
it's a lot, right? Yep. Like, so, you know, I'll work on like the environment, like a section of the environment. And then I'll be like, okay, well, you know, now I need to do this thing or like, uh, so I, I did have the idea of releasing like a, for Patreon supporters doing a, uh, like an arena PVP that tries to combine a bunch of different components that people could try out. Yep. So you could play as the character, you could fight different waves of enemies. Uh, and then there's a little shop in the arena that you could buy like potions and different items from, and then you'd be able to also build like traps and stuff to help in the arena. Nice. So that was sort of like my way of being like, okay, well I'm going to take this thing, uh, that has a bunch of the other components and break it down into like a small section. So it basically combines a bunch of systems that people could play and experience the game. Um, I, I think I talked to you about that uh, maybe like two months ago at this point. <laughs> yeah, it was a while. Um, yeah, it was a while ago. It feels like yesterday. Uh, <laughs> I didn't finish. I, it's not finished yet, right? Because it's like um, I had this idea for another YouTube video that I thought would be really simple. It was... Mm, I don't know if it was simple or not. That one's supposed to come out like next month. Um, and then this whole, like uh, the video that's coming out tomorrow, it'll probably be out when you guys hear this, uh, but uh, adding multiplayer to the game. Multiplayer. I'm so excited yeah, multiplayer. to see that. So it's like, uh, yeah. So it's like I pivoted to that. And then what I ended up doing for the Patreon supporters, because I said I would do arena. I was like, here's, here's multiplayer. <laughs> right there you go here you can play multiplayer so um yeah so it's a little bit of a pivot but yeah that's amazing i just so how was multiplayer for you because i i've never i've never coded multiplayer before did you find it difficult and you and i were talking a little bit before we actually started the interview and you were just starting to get into it a little bit so if we could pick that back up a little bit that'd be awesome yeah so uh multiplayer um so in my video, I say that it's my first time doing it. It's not a hundred percent true, but it makes better content. So, uh, for a slap shot that had multiplayer in it, but I hadn't, I didn't build the system for it. Okay. Um, at that time I was like brand new to, to doing anything, uh, code related. So, uh, I would just, I think there was like a couple things that I networked, but I basically just copied you know what was there already okay. and just copy pasted. So, um, so I had like a, a somewhat of a familiarity with like how multiplayer works in terms of like information gets sent to a server and the server processes it and then sends it to the clients. So like that basic understanding. Um, so coming into adding multiplayer, but I, I guess like, in the grand scheme of things, that was always something that was terrifying for me. And the amount of struggle that we went through for the first lap shot that was just like a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, Cause that's a physics based hockey game, competitive hockey game. Um, and all of the things that go along with that, like I was aware of. So um, yeah, the, one of the things that like with that, that we had to deal with that I didn't want to deal with for any game that I ever work on in the future <laughs> is um, when you have a competitive like game like that, people, the stakes for people are so much higher, right? right? So 
really cool about the game is that there were like these uh, leagues and stuff that were springing up where people would build teams and like have tournaments and really cool. That's cool. Uh, but when the servers are down or when there's lag or when, you know, the, the, it's a, it's a hockey game. If that wasn't clear, <laughs> uh, <laughs> when the puck goes through somebody's stick, you know, that's a big, and the, it's the game winning goal in a tournament. Like that's oh. a huge, you know, you're going to hear about you it as a developer, <laughs> right? Especially like an indie developer, you're dealing with that kind of stuff all the time. And everyone wants the, the, the feeling of single player while being online. Yep. Um, like people just don't understand that like, yeah, you're sending information across the world, right? Like there's time for that. So it's like, how do you cheat to, uh, to communicate, uh, basically lie to the player so that they feel, get that feeling of single player what, when it's not. Um, yeah. So we went through that a lot. Uh, and I was like, I definitely don't want to do this ever again <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is different cause it's a competitive game, but like also just managing servers is just another thing, you know, paying for servers and scaling with servers. is just like a lot. So, I guess my background in that was like, no, this game is not going to have multiplayer. Right. So Unity reached out to me and said, hey, will you add multiplayer to your game? <laughs> and I said, um, I was like, oh, I've actually been like not doing that. Like I've decided I'm not going to do that. And they were like, actually, it's like pretty easy. And just give yourself like a time limit. Oh, so they that pushed you don't back. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, yeah, so just give yourself a time limit so that you're not spending like a crazy amount of time on it and just, you know, see how you do. And it makes sense. Like they want to promote their, you know, yep. their multiplayer stuff. So yep. I was like, okay, that sounds good, right? Like I'm not taking a ton of time. If this is a, if this is a disaster, it is a disaster, right? Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, give myself seven days to do it and we'll see where, what happens. And, um, it was a lot easier than I thought. Like a big, like obviously super stressful getting your game in front of people. Like this is the first time anybody has played the game and now it's also multiplayer. Um, <laughs> that's, that's and, scary, uh, yeah, it's so it's just like super stressful. Um, there's a learning curve to it. Like, but like once it like, uh, with, with, uh, Unity, there's like server RPCs and client RPCs. They're basically like functions a uh, server does or functions the client does. Once you get an understanding of that, how that works, it's super, super easy. Um, and the way that like the, with the whole issue with servers that I was dealing with, like I don't want to pay for servers. Like how do you do that as an indie dev that can amount to so much money? Right. Um, and Unity has like a really cool uh, relay service, so you can uh, uh, one of the players becomes the host. Uh, they connect to like a relay. Everyone connects to the relay, and so there's a secure connection to the host. And you're not paying the relay costs money after 50 concurrent users. But uh, when testing, I'm not going to reach that. Right. Uh, so um, yeah, it That's was just like very like this makes sense to me to have sort of like a local uh like a you know one of the players is the host and uh i think it was a whole lot of fun and i think that was like the thing when we started testing that was just like really eye-opening for me 
was like, I think like people just playing the game that I've worked on for over a year was really, <laughs> was really cool. Yep. Um, but also that people were having fun and like, there's so much like the mileage of your game goes way further when there's multiplayer, right? Yes. It's like you can have way less content, but just having people in it that can communicate, like you don't even have to have voice chat because everyone just hops in a discord call. Yep. Right. So, um, yeah, so it was just like really, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was lots of fun, lots of bugs. So like we started kind of small, um, you know, I had a few friends that helped, uh, we tested to make sure everything works. Yep. And then we, uh, he's a streamer. So he, he was like, how about we play this like live on stream and like invite people from chat to play. And I was like, uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> okay. So like it was a terrible idea in hindsight. <laughs> um, uh, cause I was working on the game. There was like some few, a few little things that I wanted to add that I thought would like make it better. Yep. I was like, cause I'm thinking this is, this is YouTube, right? I'm thinking, what are things can I add? Cause I'm going to record this, right? Let me add some like different cosmetics to people so that everybody looks different. I'll just randomize the cosmetics, but then they also need to be networked so that everyone's at least sees that, uh, sees that the person who's changed their outfit looks like the same for everybody. Right. So I was changing that up until like he started his stream and he's talking about, uh, this is in the video that comes out, but, uh, he's talking about like, Oh yeah, we're going to play this. And like, literally the game is uploading to steam (laughs) as he's talking about, (laughs) um, and, uh, yeah, it's just like super stressful. Um, but that's sometimes that's how game dev is. I guess super stressful, especially when you start like pushing updates. Like I remember we, we used to do updates on Fridays and then we stopped that because a lot of times you push an update on Friday, there are, you know, little bugs that come up and then your, your weekend's gone because you, (laughs) you are spending all of your weekend working on fixing bugs. Yep. That makes sense. (laughs) You lose your whole weekend every time I can imagine. Um, But I will say like in just in summary, like multiplayer is definitely difficult, but I think like I plan on pivoting the game a little bit because of the amount of fun that comes from it. And that's really like the thing that I want to chase and and why I think uh, man of Valley is my dream game because I, I want to follow the fun. Like, obviously I want to do it within what I'm capable of, but like follow the fun is like the thing that, I want to do people were having so much, maybe they would have fun with the single player, but it just doesn't have the same mileage. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, like to think about like streamers being able to play it and promote the game, you know, to have a, to have a code that they can share with their chat and people can join up, um, and get maybe gain viewership because it is, you know, set up with codes and not servers that people might go to streams and say like, Hey, can I join your game? Um, I think that's kind of like a cool ecosystem, um, for the, for the game. Um, yeah, that's really awesome. I, I wrote down what you said, follow the fun. I actually think that might be your little secret ingredient to not feeling burnt out when you're doing so much work. If you're following the fun, um, 
it's hard to like feel like what you're doing is a job like a you know like yeah. i you did architecture i don't know what the heck that that is like but before i did video <laughs> games i was a financial analyst that was not fun by any means <laughs> like that is not following the fun um so yeah and i could get burnt out from a job like that far quicker than i could working twice as many hours but on stuff like creating content for people to enjoy do you know what i mean yes yeah. that's, that's awesome so yeah i wrote that down because i really like that um, your, your Mana Valley, it's like, I love the art style. It's such a cozy, like it's a cute game, right? Like I look at it and it just like makes me feel like warm inside. Like, oh, I just want to like run around in this world and just explore it. Like, so I'm just, um, what are some of your sources of inspiration for like the art and just the gameplay in general? Do you have any favorite games that you're kind of pulling stuff from a little bit? So, uh, this is going to sound weird maybe, but I don't. I'm not into anime. It has like a chibi anime sort of style, like a Ghibli studio Ghibli, uh, style. But, and I don't know why this is when I thought of the game. So the, the last studio I worked for, I pitched this game and they hated it. Uh, it's really? one of the reasons that I left, uh, because I, I didn't see us having a, a future beyond the game that we had worked on. Right. So I was like, okay, well, uh, they're not into this. I kind of want to make this eventually. So maybe we, maybe we just part ways. Um, but when I envisioned it, it was a co-op wave defense. And I envisioned like this, this, I don't know. I just saw it in my head as being like this, uh, you would like farm during the day and then you'd get mana and you'd use mana to power up a little village. And then at nighttime, uh, your village would get attacked by, uh, by enemies. So during the, it would be like a constant sort of wave defense during the day, you're trying to build up your defenses so that by nighttime you can defend. Um, and, uh, that was the original like vision. Okay. And it's morphed into something a little bit different, but I think over time we're getting back, we're getting closer to the original, the original thought, at least in some aspects. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, but I guess, so that was just like what I had envisioned in my head, but over time, um, it seems like a similar style to like some of the newer Zeldas. Um, what else? It's like, uh, Pokemon it's people rail on the Pokemon games for being like having no detail, which I think is kind of true. Cause I've looked at them as references, but I do think it's, Similar to that in some aspects. The art style um, is nice in those games, though, even if they're a little bit bare. Yeah. Um, the uh, the the game that was like sort of like the main inspiration, at least like when it first started, was like the old Zelda, like on the SNES, which is what I played as a kid. Like I that was it. probably <laughs> probably one of my my favorite games of all time. Link to the past. Uh, yeah, Link to the Past. Um. Cause I originally thought like, Hey, like what if I have a world that's like this, but it's like scene based and you can go between scenes. And then, um, and then I added flying for a YouTube video and I was like, Oh, well, how do you do scenes when you have flying and you can go anywhere? It's like, so, and that's sort of like the whole, yeah. Follow the fun is like, okay, well now that it's out the window. <laughs> how do you do scene transitions when you can go anywhere? Right. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so 
I love that game. Uh, a little bit of Stardew Valley. I like the sort of like replayability aspect of that. Yep. Um, uh, I did just play, I started playing this game called Core Keeper. I've seen that one. Yep. I, I haven't played it. I want to, but it looks like a lot of fun. So obviously it's not inspiration in the game currently because I haven't developed a lick of code since I've played that. But uh, the fishing mechanic in that is really interesting. And I think I might kind of just yoink it. I'm just going to say it. I'm going <laughs> to yoink it. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, like even the creators of Hollow Knight, I think they said I watched an interview by them once where I was like, oh, yeah, we just like stole a bunch of ideas and kind of mashed them all <laughs> together kind of thing. It's um, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> if it fits into your game, right? Like, why, why the heck not? Um, I do think so. so. A lot of people were telling me that my game looked like Genshin Impact, uh, and I had when I I had no idea what that was, uh, and I played it, and I was like, oh yeah, I see it. Um, so I, you know, after playing it, there's some things that I've sort of like thought this could be cool. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. I do feel like I I follow the fun a lot. Yep. I try stuff and then if it works, great. Uh if not, then we'll move on. I, like my my one of my most played games of all time is probably Quake. Um and uh this game is not that. But there's combat and I, like one of the things for multiplayer that I was thinking about was like arena PVP. And thinking about like the old style, like Quake, when you had a rocket launcher and like having a fireball spell that kind of feels like that, um, That's cool. would be a lot of fun. Yep. Uh, where like I feel like first person shooters now are very like, mm, so I don't know, rigid. I don't know if that's the right term, but it's like so precise, right? right. It's like there's like damage or like bullet drop off and like, you know, all of these things. And, um, just going back to like what quake was could be really fun. Yep. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It, it do, do you find that following the fun? Um, cause that I see it in your videos too, right? That seems to be an approach that you really take. Do you find that following the fun and kind of going from piece to piece, does it ever feel like you're never really getting anywhere. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm legitimately asking because I've, I've, um, I've kind of done both now where I've done the follow the fun. Oh, just add stuff that feels like fun. But I've also done the current game I'm working on now because I had a much tighter deadline with it. Um, I'm trying to really like plow through and create new purposeful content kind of thing. So it's a little less of a follow the fun approach because I'm trying to create it quickly. Um, and I'm just, it's interesting to see both sides of it. And I'm just curious because my experience with Veil of Maya was more, oh, I want to add this. This would be really cool. Or I think this would make it look much better or feel much better. And just always kind of adding these tiny little things in there. But it never mm -hmm. felt like I was um, getting anywhere close to being able to launch anything. It felt like I could probably mm -hmm. do that for the rest of my life and just keep on tweaking and keep adding things and keep improving. Does it kind of feel like that for you ever? Uh, I think so. I think the thing that is discouraging to me is when I look up and I see the mountain of like content that I still need to, to, to do. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I think following the fun is like, maybe that's in some ways like 
seeing all the things I need to do. And I'm like, Oh, this thing would be fun and I can implement in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So sometimes I do feel like that. I, I, it is weird. Uh, in a lot of ways, YouTube is, well, I guess YouTube is like the thing that finances the whole project. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, in lots of different aspects. Like, you know, there's a Patreon now, there's people signed up to it, but like people only know about the Patreon because there's a YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, it's, the thing that I worry about is that I follow, I'm following the fun and I think the videos are fun and I think the game is fun, but is there a point at which people are just like, okay, we get it. The game? <laughs> you know, that's kind of like, um, yeah, the thing that I worry about. And I don't feel like that about anybody else's devlog. Right. You know, there's there's people that have spent lots and lots years on games. And um, I don't bat an eye at it. Yep. Uh, but that's, again, like the, the self-doubt of myself is like, okay, people are at some point going to, you know, get their porches and pitchforks and they're gonna tell me I need to release the game um I am like it is something that I think is like a growing pressure um because it's been over a year and there hasn't been something and I know that I need to get the game in testers hands at least and start getting feedback yep um and even just doing the multiplayer test, there was a lot of feedback that people had um, for that. So it was like no, nothing like really, like it was all like polished stuff basically. Yep. Which was good because I was like, you know, uh, it could have gone really south. Like everyone could have been like, oh, we can't control the players. We can't <laughs> do, you know, it's like... Uh, so, so play wise it, it went well. Out. Play wise it went yeah, well. They were just, yeah. yeah. No, that's that's good. Um yeah, it, and but getting that mountain of feedback, even when it's just levels of polish and things like that, it probably just feels like it's adding to your already mountain of stuff that needs to be done, right? It's like, oh, here's a few yeah, more dozen I, things to add to the pile. Yeah, and I do I do think that's why I've sort of thought of pivoting into like a multiplayer instance. Like maybe there could be a a lobby you could set up with your friends to do co-op wave defense, a lobby you could set up to do broom racing. Um, yeah. Stuff like that, that could be fun to do with your friends. Uh, and then as an individual, you play the single player and you find new items and level up your character so that when your friends are online, you guys all are, you know, trying to defeat the big boss or something. Yep. Um, and I think that that, to me sounds really fun. It has like this marriage of the two without making it an MMO. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Now I'm, I'm super curious because, um, you're, you're clearly really enjoying the development process of your game. Have you ever considered, um, like at one point or another, have you ever considered doing a Kickstarter or working with a publisher or releasing your game as early access? Just, any of those because that's i'm just always curious to see what other developers 
why they did or did not choose to follow any of those paths because everybody always has their own personal reasons. But yeah, just what's your thought process been on any of those? And if you decided for or against any of them, just kind of why or why not? I'm just curious. Uh, I wouldn't say I've like ruled anything out, uh, which you might be able to tell by the way that I have talked about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to add multiplayer. Okay. I'm going to add multiplayer. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, um, but uh, I think I would, I feel like working with a publisher gives me a lot of stress to even think about. Right. Cause then at that point you have to hit deadlines. Right. Um, and I don't think that this particular project is something that I want those sort of like hard deadlines. Right. Like I, this is, definitely a passion project that I I will release eventually uh, but I don't want it to be something that I feel like at the end of the day it's this date and it has to release no matter what right I don't want to feel like that yep um, and I feel like if that happened it could be a big letdown for everybody that has waited so long um, and you know who knows 10 years from now uh, they could still be waiting <laughs> um so, so, but maybe there's sort of like a publisher deal that would make sense. Although that there's, there's been a lot of, it's hard to know. Uh, I don't have really any experience working with a publisher. I've heard good things. Uh, I've heard more bad things, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's tough. It's like, and I feel like with a YouTube channel, you sort of have your own marketing, you yes. know? Yes. So it's like at that point, what is the publisher offering you? Are they just coming in to take a cut of, of what you would have made, you know, basically. So, uh, after steam already takes their, their cuts, (laughs) it's like, what are you left with? But, uh, there's also like funding for like, there's lots of stuff that like, I've been working with a composer, uh, that costs money. Mm -hmm. I've been working with a concept artist that costs money. So, um, yeah. Uh, it, and it would be great to have like a team, like, you know, a, a concept artist that could come up with an idea for an enemy and then somebody that could model it, you know? Uh, it's like if I could take myself out and just start like plugging things in, that would make making the game way faster. But I found that like building a team is not easy. Right. You know, like you finding the right people that, how their heart is in the right place and uh, they don't just like want access to your game to try it or whatever it is, um, is, is tough. Uh, And you know, it's going to be online, right? I don't have a physical location. So like knowing someone's work ethic uh, when they sign up to work for you is like, yeah, it's tough, you know, especially like the last, the last team I was on, we hired tons and tons of people and it didn't work out for most of them. So, um, yeah. So there's that, um, what was publisher Kickstarter Um, or early access were the other ones. So early access, I'm leaning more towards, I'll get to that after I talk about Kickstarter. Kickstarter is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Kickstarter is interesting. Uh, there's a game called, uh, what is it? Mika and witches mountain and the witches mountain, uh, something like that. Very similar game to mine. I got a bunch of uh, DMs from people when they saw it. Um, And it raised over a million dollars on Kickstarter. Um, Wow. So 
it's like they uh, granted you can look at how they did their Kickstarter and they knocked it out of the park. Like they have a whole team. It's a studio. It's not one person just doing this. They have probably like a marketing person just set to dealing with promoting the Kickstarter campaign and making all of the the graphics for it and, you know, setting up different goals and stuff like that. So it's not like you can just put your project on Kickstarter and you'll make a million dollars. Um, so, <laughs> but, uh, interesting to see the, like the similarities between our games and the possibility of, of that happening. Um, the, I, before I would ever do that, I would want to feel like the game was, I, w- I wouldn't say almost finished, but like at a point where I was like super confident in everything about the game. Um, gotcha. I, I, this is probably something that won't ever go away, but every time I run into a bug, I wonder if it's the bug that's going to s- defeat me. Oh my God. <laughs> me too. <laughs> is this the bug that is going to be the one that I can't ever fix? Yeah. And- <laughs> It's yeah. like the infinite bug that you never manage to figure out. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, you fix thousands of bugs, and yet, yeah, almost every time that thought crops up, it's so funny. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then with early access, this is actually with the the whole multiplayer aspect. I've I don't know about this. I've talked about it a little bit, but I've thought, would it make sense for me to release the game to early access? to have these multiplayer features and then add to the single player over time because the mountain of work is really going to come in with the single player, with the story, right. with lots of quests, with new items. Um, and that could take years to like really get it to where I want it to be. But if you, if I could get a game loop set up with the, the multiplayer and people could play with their friends and enjoy the single player, but maybe in a limited capacity that they get new things over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be really fun, I think. Um, and the, the, uh, the thought with that, and this is the part that scares me a little bit, would be to release it for free uh, and then have cosmetics or things that people could buy uh, that, you know, maybe you... Cosmetics don't make sense for a free for a single player game, right? Because right? like you want to show them off. Yes. Exactly. So, but if you had like a golden broom and you're in broom racing, um, and you could show off your friends that you had this cool broom, um, that's when it becomes viable. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of like what I've been thinking. I don't know if like in co op that really makes a whole lot of sense to like do people want to show their friends. Uh, that they have a golden broom or do they want to show other random people that they have a golden broom? Like, do you need a server for people to feel like they, uh, their money was worth it for cosmetics? So, yeah. So that's kind of what I've been thinking. Uh, early access, maybe, but the, the, the alternative I see is developing a single player game that is fully finished and polished. Like I, I, I don't see really being able to release a single player game that isn't polished in early access. Gotcha. Yeah. That's, would- I mean, that's my own opinion, but like, I guess there are some games that have done it, but like, I think about like Minecraft, 
when that game first came out and I played it and I was like, this game looks stupid. <laughs> You're like, it does. <laughs> if you look at Minecraft, it looks dumb. It's ugly. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's lots of fun. Yeah. And when it first came out, it was like very bare bones. Um, and they've had years and years and years to add new things to it. Yep. Um, and it's a completely different experience. It's so, uh, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. Like I, um, I don't play games too often these days. I spend most of my time like working on making my own, but I do occasionally do some gaming with a, with a buddy online and, uh, we're playing Icarus right now. And that's, um, an early access game and just. I don't I don't need to get into the game, but the experience of early access has been so interesting so far because they release an update every single week uh, on Thursdays. They release a little uh, a little update for the game. So every week uh, that we do play the game, which is not every week, but every time we go in, there's new stuff, which is like there's something very tantalizing about that, you know, where it's like Mm. you really could follow the fun if you had an early access game that was polished enough when early access came out and you can kind of just keep on adding more and more and more stuff some of it's going to be small some of it's going to be cosmetic and then occasionally you'll have like oh we released like the fishing update this week kind of thing which which icarus actually just did like a week or two ago it was like oh now we can go fishing kind of thing and it's like i that's why i wanted to ask you because it's one of those things where especially if you're following the fun it, it seems like something that could be like tantalizingly like it just really something that would be very interesting to someone like you developing the game that the the way that you're developing your game um so yeah the, the yeah, it's kind of like a lot of games have done this uh it's like almost like a SaaS model right um where like where if you don't know what that means uh software as a service so it's like you know you you would yeah, develop this game, this minimum viable product and then release it and then add stuff to it. You know, you get feedback from players and you add things and you polish things. And, um, for like an indie vet, an indie dev, that makes so much sense. Right. Cause like, I don't have the, the means to hire testers. Um, and you can just invite anybody to test the game. But then it's like that point, like what are you what are you doing? Like why not just release it? Right. So yeah. um yeah. So that's kind of like, yeah, it is the dream would be to make enough money to then start to be able to build a team, right? The game does is successful and I can start to hire people to build more into the game. Um which you know, with like Kickstarter and and uh, you know, having a publisher and all those things that are like funding before you have this thing it's almost like uh you had Gugus on here right yes yep. so he did a, a kickstarter campaign um and oh one of the things it wasn't like really an ultimatum but it was kind of like i'm doing this kickstarter campaign please help me or i can't finish the game <laughs> it was like uh, I don't think that was actually, he was like, I'll still finish it, but like, I just won't be able to add all the things that I want to add. Um, and, uh, and that's sort of interesting. It's like to put your product out there and if people love it and it supports itself, then maybe it makes sense to keep going. Right. And, but if it doesn't, uh, I've said this before, um, uh, unfortunately enthusiasm doesn't pay the bills. Yes. People can be really excited about something, <laughs> but if they're not willing to like, 
to engage with your product and to, to, to buy things from it, then it can't exist. Yes. So, um, yeah, there has to be the business side behind it. You know, there's the artsy side to making games and the fun side, but it has to be, it's a business as well. You have to be able to pay the bills. You have to generate revenue. Yeah, absolutely. And I I know that people hate that kind of stuff, right? Like it's hard to know, like, you know, in, in the comments, I just put out a poll the other day, uh, maybe a week at this point time is crazy. Um, (laughs) it just keeps going forward for some reason, but, um, yeah, I put out a, a poll asking like, would, would you want to, let me pull it up really quick. Okay. Um, would you want to, would you rather play a game that was free, had paid cosmetics, was online and is early access, or, uh, would you rather play a game that was paid and fully complete with a story and experience, but it had no multiplayer? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the results were surprised were surprising to me. Fifty eight percent said they would rather have a paid game, the really? fully complete experience. That um, actually makes me happy to hear. <laughs> I thought it would be the uh, other and way. That's almost that's almost three thousand votes. So wow. Um, yeah. So it's like one of those like. But I was hoping, or at least my thought was like the first one. Right? Is like okay, yeah, free. Obviously, everyone's gonna want the game for free. Uh, but it's like now I have this result that is conflicting with I wanted to enforce what I was already thinking, right. but instead, instead it's the reverse. Uh, I mean they are relatively close, um, but uh, that's a yeah a thing as a game dev. You're like okay, well now what? Yep, <laughs> it's like thousands and thousands of decisions to be made along the way, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so if if you're comfortable and if you're not, um, I can just cut this sure. question out. But regarding wish lists with your game, um. Because you you get a lot of views with your devlogs. Um, where where is your game at right now in terms of wish lists? And like, where are you hoping to get for wish lists by the time that you launch? Because I know everybody has the same answer every time. Like, oh, the magic number is ten thousand. I have different feelings on that number than most people. Yeah. I feel like ten thousand wish lists is not a lot. I feel like mm. um, I don't know. I really don't think you would make that much money off of 10,000 wish lists. And I, it really depends on the quality of your wish lists. How many people out, there's only a certain percentage of your wish lists that are actually going to purchase your game, right? And it depends on the quality of where those wish lists are coming from. From your YouTube channel with your devlogs, uh, I would imagine that it'll probably be pretty good because these are people that are genuinely interested in your game. But for mm-hmm. me, I, 10,000 just doesn't sound like a lot. I I don't know. Maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I'm a little off or or a little bit greedy or something, but I I'm not sure. It just doesn't sound like it would amount to very much. So what are what are your thoughts? Where are you at and where are you hoping to get to before you actually launch the game? Um this might sound crazy. I don't know if it's necessarily that big of a focus okay. for me. Um the number, I do think the 10,000 number is the number that I would like to hit. Um, just because that's the number that everyone sort of throws around. Yeah. Uh, I do agree with you. I'm not sure. I did just see a video recently. I think Code Monkey put it out with different like wish list stats. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is nuts. He had it broken down into like monthly revenue for like, uh, for per how many wish lists. And I think I did the math. It's like basically 20 cents 
you can expect per wish list. Um, okay. So, uh, and I think that was per month. Um, I don't know how that extrapolates over time or based on what kind of like model you're offering. Like, is it a paid game? Is it, you know, right. do you have, so um, I need to go back and watch the video because I honestly don't be mad at me, Code Monkey. Um, I, <laughs> I looked, I saw the chart and I looked at the chart and then I didn't watch the rest of the video. So. <laughs> you just wanted the information um, so I need and to get go back yeah. and do that. Yeah, there's probably really important information in there. So, um, yeah, so, but uh, I knew that getting a Steam page up early was important. That was like literally the first thing that I did. I grabbed some screenshots. I, you know, paid the $100 fee and I got a Steam page up there. So what the first devlog I posted, it had, there was a thing I could talk about. Um, you know, I could say, yep. go wishlist the game for the first devlog. Yep. Um, and I think that worked out well because that video did well. Uh, it was a smart decision. Uh, the game currently has 6,985 wish list. Nice. Um, so it's just under 7,000. Um, but the page is terrible. I, I feel like I need to update the page, but it's like, <laughs> it's one of those extra things. Um, It'll take you, you a whole to day to do it. And it's just one of those yeah, things that gets procrastinated. Yeah. And to do it well, I mean, like I could throw stuff in there, but uh, I don't think it it really um, encapsulates what the game is now and the direction that it's heading. So right. um, I think it, it the game is much deeper now than it was when I made the page uh, or when I last updated it. So uh, I think it could probably be higher than it is now if I had if I spend more time on the page just from people going to it and being like, oh, okay, I think I get this. I can I can get with this. Gotcha. Like, I don't think there's anything about building in it. There's nothing about, you know, really like multiplayer, I assume. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now there's multiplayer. There's nothing in there about that. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's it it, for me. Yeah. It's one of those things that I end up procrastinating. Um, I, I hate working on websites even steam pages all that stuff i always i always avoid it and it's probably to my <laughs> to my detriment a little bit because i know that keeping the steam page up to date will probably yeah. get you more wish lists but yeah i <laughs> that's that's where i'm at with it you know you and i i feel like we're um kindred spirits in the sense of one of my goals like my ultimate dream with with everything that i'm doing is i would love to be able to pay the bills um outside of my game revenue a hundred percent like with just the stuff that's coming in from youtube and patreon and i'm apparently offering a service that like i i didn't even plan on doing it but i'm like making uh private videos for an individual um that offered me to like teach him some stuff for programming and kind of just help him uh he's where i was at like maybe a year and a half ago in terms of his programming knowledge and i've learned a lot since then so i'm kind of trying to help him level up uh quickly and just uh, sponsorship ads, all of these different things. I'm hoping to be able to pay the bills with all of that outside of game revenue. So that really, mm. because despite what it might sound like, because you know my story, my wife and I sold our house so that we could fund our, our studio. Um, it sounds like I'm I'm really risk tolerant, <laughs> but I mean overall as a person, I'm actually really not. I'm I don't want risk. I don't want 
my my bills and all that stuff. I don't want to have to rely on game sales in the future to be able to pay my bills. I want mm. my business outside of that to be able to pay the bills. And I know you're doing a lot outside of your game as well. You've got your YouTube channel. Uh, I've seen a lot of different sponsorships on your content. You definitely, you've got the Patreon going. And uh, you've also, and I'm, I'm really curious about this, you've released an asset to the asset store too. Um, and like you, you released a gorgeous pack of 3D models. And I, I've seen a lot of 3D model packs on the asset store before especially low poly, you see a lot of low poly stuff where it all kind of looks, all the styles very similar. Yours is very unique looking. It's all very smooth. It's got that kind of similar style to um, to Mana Valley, I, I guess, um, at least a little bit. It's very clean, very smooth, and it's just a really nice asset pack. And uh, you told me that you spent about a month making that. Is, is that correct? Yeah. 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 So how I, I'm just curious, like, um, because obviously your goal with that was to generate some more revenue to you so that you could continue working on your game. Uh, did you feel like that was worth it? Uh, what was your experience like with that? Um, what is how much time does it take away from your development? Like, do you ever have to stop what you're doing and help people with problems or help them figure stuff out? Just walk me through kind of what your experience has been like with that a little bit. Okay, so this might be a little bit of a letdown, but that was kind of a disaster of a project. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm proud of the project. I think that it was like the package. I'm proud of it. Uh, but let me, I'm pulling up the stats as we speak. Um, You should be proud of it. By the way, I'll put a link uh, to your asset pack in the description. This is going to drop on um, the podcast when we launch, as well as a YouTube video a couple of weeks after that. So I'll put a link in the description for both of those because it really is a really nice asset pack. So lifetime earnings. So I released the, I think February 22nd is when I released it. Lifetime okay. earnings is $176. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> uh, and that's really, uh, and unity gets a cut of that. Yep. And that's really in the first couple weeks. It was only really when, uh, when it was like under the sale price. Right. Um, cause when you, when you launch an asset on unity, you can give a discount. So, and basically there's zero visibility for it after that. Like a, you know, the, you can look at the views. It's like one page view per day, basically. Oh, okay. Um, or zero. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. So, so total of 11 sales. Um, so for the amount of time they put into it, complete disaster. Gotcha. No, no customer service, uh, <laughs> with 11 people. Um, I, I don't know if some of those people are, uh, other devs, I don't know who bought it, but um, I do get periodic emails uh, or people saying that they want it for free, which is cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and that they'll tell, they'll give me feedback uh, for it. So in return for me giving it to them for free, gotcha. uh, which is awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's kind of, I was hoping that it would be a lot more successful than it was. I do think it's one of those things where you, you can't really just upload it 
upload something right. and forget it. It it is a business. Uh, I mean, you see that with with other other asset packs that they turn it into a business. Yeah, where they're promoting it on other places. Uh, and I just basically uploaded it, like set it and forget it. And uh, gotcha. I don't think you can do that uh, and have a successful asset. Like it's probably viable, um, but you can see like, uh, was it Cinti? Is that how you say it? I don't know. But they have like their low poly asset packs. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Um, and they've actually branched off. They have their own website and you can buy their assets on their website. Um, right. Cause they're trying to take unity out instead of giving them the cut. Keep more like revenue. We have this audience. People will buy directly from us. Right. So, um, and that makes sense. They have a whole business, you know, they're, they're, they're pumping out. They have a whole team that's just making assets. Yep. So, um, that makes sense. Uh, but there it's a business, right? It's not just like a passive income stream, uh, is at least what I found. Maybe there's some like niche where like people there's like zero assets for it and people are searching it and there's just like a really need that you could find. I don't know how you would do that, but uh, there could be something like that. But yeah. One of those things where, yeah, you're hoping it would do better than it was. So maybe it's, maybe it's something that's kind of like YouTube where um, yeah. it's a lot of work up front, but if you keep at it, maybe you kept on making asset packs and stuff like that, then you know, your name would start to get spread and sales would come yeah. in more and more. Maybe, I, I don't know. Yeah. I um, think if you have like an ecosystem, which was the plan with the asset pack, but it, it did so poorly that I was like, it does this make sense. Right. You know, uh, you know, I, I planned on having different sort of like things related to it. I mean, it was like over, over 300 different models. And like, the, so it took a lot of time. It was a lot of effort. And I feel like the quality of them was really high. Uh, yep. But, uh, and I, you know, I put together this like promotional video that I thought was really cool. Um, I organized everything really nicely. I made a document that explains like how to do everything. Like, not that it's really difficult, but like in case you needed it. Um, I feel like I, from like a, a package standpoint, I feel like I, I hit a home run, but, um, but yeah, I, I have, well, I also didn't promote it on YouTube at all. So like, gotcha. uh, I felt like for my audience, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, I did want to start making, I did start another channel to do like tutorials and I thought maybe I could promote this there. Maybe that would make more sense, like specifically for game devs. Right. Uh, we didn't talk about this at all, but uh, one of the reasons I pivoted, like when I changed um, from doing tutorials to doing more entertaining videos, one of the things I also did was try to appeal to a larger, more broad audience yep. that um, where I talk about some like specific game dev things, but in a general way. So I'll talk about code, but in a way that you could understand if you've played a game before. Um, and I always sort of, if I use an acronym or something that is like more game dev termy, I'll try to define it. Uh, like if I would say a word to my, my mother-in-law and I know that she'd be like, well, what's that mean? Then I'll, <laughs> I'll just go ahead and define it when I'm talking about it. Gotcha. Um, so, and I think it makes it approachable for everybody. Um, like I have a lot of friends that aren't game devs that watch the videos and enjoy them for what they are. Yep. 
Um, and I think that's really been like the key to the, to success for the channel is, is having people want to follow the progress of the game that I'm working, but it's also in a way that is, is enjoyable. Um, and what I try to do is not take things so seriously. I think with tutorials, people automatically expect you're an expert. And so when you, when you make a mistake or when things don't work, they are really harsh towards you. Yeah. Um, and like, I even like videos that I put out, you know, over a year ago at this point, the tutorial videos, like two years ago, people will come to the discord and ask me to help them when it's like, okay, well I'm willing to help, but like also like, Ooh, this isn't what I really do now. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, and I don't want to spend my time helping, uh, like I know that sounds terrible, but like it takes up a lot of time. You got your own stuff to work on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's like, you know what, like, let me bundle this into a coaching, (laughs) help me pay my, my mortgage. Like, yeah, let's, I'll help. Um, but yeah, it's just like one of those, one of those things. So I, taking a step back, taking things less seriously. I mean, I'm making games at the end of the day. Like it shouldn't be super serious. Uh, and so I think like making jokes and being self-deprecating in a way that I think makes people clear, like makes it clear that I'm not an expert, right? You know, like that I, I did just, I didn't go to school for this. I taught myself how to do it. There's a lot of things that I don't know. And a lot of times people will say things in the comments and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Like, uh, you know, they're like, I'm sure you're using, you know, uh, interfaces for this. And I'm like, Oh yeah. What's that? (laughs) Um, yeah. Stuff like that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're the expert actually. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, that happens to me as well. I, I, yeah, I feel like you, you kind of already answered this a little bit, but I just kind of want clarity on it. Uh, Well, actually, before I ask that, uh, do you have a wife and kids? I'm, I'm just curious. I have a wife. Yep. Uh, Mrs. Aya, she's been in some of my videos. She <laughs> has a bow. Aya. Yep. Uh, a unicorn with a bow. Nice. <laughs> a, uh, uh, I don't have any kids, though. We don't have kids. We have a dog, which is uh, sometimes, I guess, depending on the kind of kid you have uh, <laughs> and the kind of dog you have. Similar. <laughs> Similar. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, with that in mind, like, do you find it, it's, you said you wake up, you work, you go to bed. So, it sounds like work-life balance is probably not too, too high. Is that right? Yeah. So that's like something that I really struggle with. Um, my wife is a teacher, so she's off for the summers. Yep. Uh, and that makes it interesting. Um, I mean like the whole reason of me doing this full time for myself was to have flexibility. And in a lot of ways it's less flexibility uh, because the, I don't have any employees. So it's like, if I'm not working, it doesn't get done. Yeah. So, um, I've hired editors for videos before, but even doing that, it's like, I have to write the whole script. I have to do the voiceover. I, maybe I don't have to do this, but like I have to get all of the clips for all of the sections Yep. and then communicate which clips go with, with, 
which section. So it's like most of the work I'm doing anyway. Um, uh, like, and maybe that's just me being like too controlling and he just like, let go and just hand some things over to an editor and say, make this, make a video, you know? Um, but, uh, it, the, the formula that I have seems to have worked not that it's a formula, but like the style, like you want to make sure when you're handing your stuff over to an editor that it's still in your style and your voice and, um, and it's not going to be completely different that people see it and they're like, Oh, what's this? Or who's, who's, uh, who made this? Like it wasn't Aya. So, um, so yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to offload like some of the stuff so that I wouldn't have to work all the time, but like the whole work life balance is it's tough. Yeah. It's it, like, well, and especially cause my wife is off for the summer. It's like, she'll I'll eat breakfast and I'll start to get to work. And then she wakes up and then she eats breakfast and asks me to sit with her while she eats breakfast, which is, you know, yeah, but that's my work day. So it's like, you know, <clears throat> so then like in the later in the day, it's like, I'm spending more time working. Yes. So it's like, yeah. It's just kind of, kind of nuts. Just the way that it works. I, I try, I don't try as hard as I should. We should have like days set up and I should, you know, just like close the computer at a certain point and we should have, I should, there should be time. I think not having kids probably makes it easier for me to, to not do that. I think with kids, they're less forgiving, you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. So with, uh, with you working so much and even just like what you're doing. Um, I wasn't sure about your story for, I knew you were an architect, but I wasn't aware of like what happened and why you made the switch. But now, now I'm aware of it, but like, um, it sounds like, is there anything outside of your time? Like in terms of what kind of personal sacrifices have you made to kind of, uh, be where you're at? Um, or do you feel like you're making personal sacrifices to be where you're at? Even if it's just time away from being able to spend it with your wife or being able to feel like for me, um, any free time that I have, it's almost hard to enjoy it because I feel like mm. I should be working or I could be getting things done right now. I'm up, I'm upstairs, you know, and it's like 9 PM and I'm like, Oh, I'm playing a game. I could be working right now, but really it's like, it's 9 PM. Who the hell wants to be working at that time? But a lot of the time that that's where I go. And most of the time I am working at that time of day. Um, I'm just curious as to what that's like for you. Have you made, do you feel like you're making a lot of personal sacrifices to do what you do or is it all, um, sunshine and rainbows and fun like what what is it for you no i i uh i think this might be um you want to talk about this a little bit later but i do feel like i wouldn't recommend what i do from a lot of different perspectives i i think that i i do make a lot of sacrifices for to try to get this thing off the ground i mean like so just as perspective um, for everybody. So the channel has almost 70,000 subscribers and for the last, uh, uh, 28 days, the channel has in ad revenue as less than $500 that it made. Yep. So just less than 400, excuse me at this point. So it's, uh, that doesn't pay the bills. It's peanuts. Right? Ad revenue is yeah. peanuts, man. 
<laughs> so, um, so just like, it's tough because you like, I have to keep pumping out content in order for it to be viable. Um, and, uh, and it's tough because you can't stop. Um, and that comes with a lot of sacrifices of, of like, uh, the other business, you know, that I, that I have that sort of like finances this whole thing. Um, that, you know, that I'm not developing new things for that because I'm working on this, uh, and I enjoy it, but it's not paying the bills yet. So it's like a big risk in a lot of ways. So there is like this mental, probably similar to what you deal with is like, you feel guilty for not working when you know you should be because you're not meeting the probably financial aspect of like what you think you should be yes um with this thing and i think that's like the really the thing that is like uh, the hardest is the financial aspect right it's like four hundred dollars is is what your groceries for the month i guess that but you're not gonna have a house to live in i guess (laughs) um uh yeah so it's just kind of I wouldn't recommend it because of the amount of money. It's hard. It's a lot of work. The amount of money for the size audience that I have. I think a lot of people think like, oh yeah, you have 10,000 subscribers. You're probably rich. You know, it's like, (laughs) um, I don't know what niche you would have to be in for that to be true. Um, but for game dev, that's not it. Um, so yeah, there's lots of, like you have to basically be making money from other things for it to be viable or each video you upload, you have to be making hitting millions or be uploading like every day and getting 50,000 views a day right. on each new video. So, yep. Yep. Ad revenue alone definitely does not pay the bills. So it's. It's I'm yeah, wondering but- I'm wondering if your tune will change in a couple of years as things continue to grow and you're kind of still doing the <laughs> same amount of work that you are now or maybe even a little bit less um but the revenue that comes in is higher because you have more subscribers, mm-hmm. more views, more patreons, more and maybe game revenue coming in at some point um or do you think that you'll kind of always feel the way that you feel right now? Um so I've learned this about myself because there was a point where my other business was doing really well. Mm-hmm. I don't think the, the self doubts that you have at any point in your life, they don't just go away. They stay with you for forever, <laughs> <laughs> no matter what point, like, you know, it's like once you start hitting certain numbers, then you're, then you're worried. When is this going to stop? You know, is tomorrow the day that it's just going to dry up? Right. And we're going to be done. Right. Um, so, and maybe that's a good thing because it keeps you creating instead of just like sitting back and waiting <laughs> for it to stop. Um, but yeah, like I remember with my personal business, the first, I would constantly check my phone and I used to have a, a smartwatch that would ping me every time I would get a new email. 
And it was like a dopamine rush every time I would get a sale. <laughs> we'd be like, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then I was out with my, I don't think we were married at the time, uh, my wife, but uh, we were out somewhere and I started getting pings on my watch, but the website was down oh. and I was out and I couldn't do anything. And I just kept getting these pings on my watch. Oh, God. Uh, and it was like the, that was probably like the first time, like when we talk about like work life balance where it was like, yeah, that thing was great for like the dopamine rush of, of a new sale. But when everything was like in flames and I couldn't do anything cause I was out, it was like, that was all I could think about. So I was like completely checked out, um, of that. And then at that point I turned off notifications yep. to just like, it's not worth it. Right. Like I can't do anything about it right now. So it just needs to wait. Yeah. You're out with your wife and you're trying to enjoy yourself in it. <laughs> right. The notifications make it damn near impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is Mrs. Aya and our, is everyone else in your life uh, supportive of what you're doing with the game development stuff? I thought you were going to ask a unicorn. first. <laughs> is uh, Mrs. Aya and everyone else in your life a unicorn? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard to say really. I'm so... I think uh, from the success of my previous business, uh, people, when I, when I was doing that, people were skeptical, Yeah, especially my mom. I think of all the people in my life, my mom is the most skeptical, but I also, I don't know what you would call it. There was, there was a, t a short tangent here. There was a time I hated the job I worked at. <clears throat> I put in my two weeks. I didn't have anything lined up. I just put in my two weeks. Yep. And I had a conversation with her about potentially like maybe I wanted to quit. Uh, like I didn't know if it was for me, but I had already put in my two weeks <laughs> and she was like, well, don't go in tomorrow and put in your two weeks. Cause I know you would do something <laughs> stupid like that. God. And I was just like, I was like completely mortified. Yep. Um, Cause I had already done it. But, um, but on the plus side, I had done that and then they offered me more money and a different, a change of, of position to stay. So it worked out. Um, so, uh, and then I, yeah. So, but anyway, so she's probably the most critical of anything that I do. Um, I don't really know how they feel about the game dev stuff. I don't think they really understand it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they understand really what I had done before. They just knew sort of like what, um, what kind of, revenue I was bringing in and that we could afford a house. And I've done this for, I've been doing this for five years or however long it's been. Yeah. Um, and we're not homeless yet. So <laughs> I think at some point they just sort of were like, okay, he'll make it work. Maybe he sort of knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do feel like it's, it's almost like an echo chamber when you're doing your own thing and doing game dev is like, there's not really a whole lot of people to talk to about like, your business. And I think this is why, you know, you and I have talked before, but like when you're doing this, there's a lot of stresses that come on you that fall on you that other people don't understand. Yeah. Um, like you're the only one who's generating this paycheck when you pay yourself, when, how you make money, when you make money. Um, and I know it sounds glamorous to be able to wake up whenever you want and just start working, but like there's a lot of other stresses that go along with it. Um, so Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, for 
people that do want to be where you're at and people that are wanting to get into game development um, and or YouTube like or both, um, what advice would you give to those people that want to get to where you're at? Uh, people that want to or maybe people that want to move it from a hobby and take this to be a full time thing. Um, what advice would you give them? Um, hmm. This is a tough one. So I would recommend not doing what I do, (laughs) (laughs) but, but I'm going to give some context to that. I don't think it's smart. I think you need to pick whether you want to be a game dev or a YouTuber. Is sorry. Uh, So for clarity's sake, when you say don't do what I do, are you referring to doing YouTube and game development? Is that what you mean? I think in the, at least in the capacity that I'm doing it. Yeah. Right. Okay. I, I think, uh, the, the type of videos that I make, the entertaining videos, maybe this is why I'm going to name drop him. Maybe this is why Danny hasn't uploaded a video in two years. Yeah. Um, because it's really hard to make a game and make an entertaining video around the game. Uh, it's even harder to make a game that people are actually going to play. Like you can, you can cheat, right? If you're just going to make a video. So I made a Mario Kart game. The game was like super basic. I sent it to my friend that he could play it. And I told him, here are all the bugs. Just keep recording until you get some stuff. That's good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like there's going to be tons of bugs, but like, we just need to get good stuff for the video. And that's like how you would make videos to just make entertaining videos, right? Yeah. Like then you're a YouTuber when you make videos like that. Like you don't intend anybody to play the game. You just intend to make some entertaining com- content. That's like this popular thing with a twist. Um, the other side is the game de- or the devlog with game dev stuff. I think the stuff that I do is is trying to like marry those two, and it's a, a whole bunch of work. And so I think it's smart. You can do devlogs. I'm not saying like don't develop a game and do devlogs. I think that makes sense. But you can do it in a much like slower pace. Like I take a month for each video. Like I put out a video a month. Right. And I know that might seem like a long time, but when you're developing a game and editing the videos on your own, it's not a lot of time. So, uh, it really hurts the game in that aspect. Yes. Um, so I think it's important to like have that context when you're coming into this. Do I want to be a YouTuber or do I want to be a game dev? Yeah. And if you want to do what I do, you have to understand the challenges that are going to come along with that. The fact that people are going to have these expectations of your game um, because they see it. And, uh, that it's going to take away time when people see it because you have to edit and write the script and all that stuff. You have to YouTube it and, uh, it's going to take away time from, from developing. Yeah. You're not a full-time game developer when you do what you're do. You're part-time right, game right. developer, part-time YouTuber. <laughs> right. Yep. Or full-time that's exactly, both. <laughs> right. Right. I, yeah. And that's like really where the, the time commitment comes in is like, it's not something that, uh, I mean, I could probably like trim the fat in a lot of ways, like with 
with the amount of time I spend just like on other YouTube videos and commenting and watching other stuff. Like I, I, recently I've heard a lot of content creators say like, Oh, I don't watch a lot of Twitch. Oh, I don't watch a lot of YouTube, right. like really big creators. I'm like, Oh, well that makes sense. Right. <laughs> like, and I spend a lot of time watching other people's stuff because I enjoy it. But like, um, and I learn from it. Um, but it does take up a lot of time. Like if you're on TikTok for three hours a day. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, yeah. That makes sense. I, I'm now you mentioned, uh, something about, I think you mentioned it before, uh, the interview actually started when we were just chatting in the beginning, you mentioned, um, something about smarter ways of making videos, or you've, you've talked to people that have mentioned like smarter or faster ways of making videos. Do you remember what I'm talking about? And do you want to just kind of elaborate on what you meant by that? Yeah. So, um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, is a larger than me YouTuber. His name is Polymars. Yep. He has started making, so he did like really game dev heavy, I wouldn't say tutorials, videos on his main channel. And he wanted to experiment with some other stuff. So he started a new channel called Polymars plus plus. And on there, his, his tactic was I'm going to stream something interesting with chat and have this like two out. I mean, so he's got, he's a full-time student and he's doing YouTube slash game dev on the side. Wow. So just for context. So, uh, he says, I don't have a lot of time because I'm going to school. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stream. I'm going to come up with an idea. I'm going to stream and then I'm going to send this to an editor to edit it and then upload the video. So, that's basically what he does is that he'll stream. He'll have an idea for the stream. So it's not just like, Oh, I'm streaming. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's a, there's a focus. There's that and a, yeah. Yeah. Basically kind of like has the idea of like the script for a video in his head and like, how does he manifest the things that he wants to have? Um, this is at least the way I imagine it goes. Um, and, uh, and then he records, it's like, and then he has like the stakes there, like, oh, I'm going to do this in two hours. Um, that's built into it. If you don't know, like stakes are pretty like pretty typical way of like engaging people into a video. Um, so you have to give the time limit um, or and like throw in something else like and if I lose, I'm going to have to delete my game or something. I don't know, something I have to hand over my Twitter to somebody else and chat or something. I don't know. Um, and, uh, so you have like that stuff that's like very like Mr. Beast style almost, yep. um, thrown in there and he sends it to an editor and then he uploads a video and it gets millions of views. Um, wow. like we did a collab on it and I, we made a horror game in two hours and you know, I was streaming, he was streaming. We put both of our bots together. He sent that to an editor and it got over, it was literally trending like number 27 on all of YouTube oh for God. like a few days. So it's like <laughs> super smart, right? Like, uh, he knows he has these limitations. He knows he can make entertaining content. If he gets it in the, the hands of the right editor who can edit it in a like entertaining way that appeals to people, um, then it does really well. Um, and that kind of stuff is like really interesting to me and is sustainable, right? Like he grew that channel super fast. Um, 
So his original channel had like had over a uh, hundred thousand subscribers. Uh, his Polymars plus plus, he, and he didn't expect it to do well. And his his uh, this other channel has a uh, hundred and thirty thousand subscribers. I think it's maybe less than a year old. Wow! And it's just like just like that to have this sort of like viral content. Um, yeah, and he he found sort of like a formula that works. And I guess the other thing, it's kind of crazy. It's like he had this twist on Poppy Playtime, this sort of like meme twist on it. Um, and it appealed to a lot of like younger kids. And you can go through and search uh, Sussy School Grounds is what he called his game. And there's just like tons and tons of, of kids making these like Roblox games with it. And like, there's just tons and tons of it. It's like free promotion in a lot of ways. Wow. So he like tapped into like this, like horror genre and this like kid genre. And it's just like, sort of like went crazy. Uh, and for two hours or one hour or whatever. So, I mean, obviously there's like the editor costs that go along with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's really, really cool to see that and to see a game dev doing that. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like he sort of like morphed into less game dev and more like, I don't know what you would call it. I want to say like more entertainment, but um, yeah, the thing with game dev that is so cool and I think that makes it makes YouTube and game dev so exciting is there's no limit to what you can do. Right. Um, there's literally the only limitation is your imagination. Um, and like this, when I was working with a sponsorship company, uh, I was like, yeah, like it'd be really cool. You can do integrated ads. Like you can make a game for the sponsor. You know, it's like you could make a game like it's, I don't know, Sprite and you have, you know, you're a Sprite can and you're running around. I don't know, but like you could do <laughs> stuff like that. And that's like stuff that I was talking to, to them about was like, yeah, like I could make a game that is this promotion. Um, yeah, it's just like crazy stuff. Like any trending topic, you can hop on that and make a video. Um, so I, it, that's the exciting stuff about YouTube. The stuff about game dev is like having people play your game and it's fun. And I think I learned the hard way that those things don't necessarily always line up. I did a video uh, where I made a, uh, I don't know, like a horror, I don't know. The idea was that all of the Nintendo characters are like grown in these capsules. Uh, it was supposed to be a, a Halloween release. I missed it by like a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> so the that was the idea. The game is really fun. I spent a lot of time polishing it. I think it the game turned out really good. The video did terrible. Right. Um, and so like those things aren't like having a good game doesn't mean you're going to have a good video. Right. So it can be hard to marry the two together for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I love what you said though, because that's, um, I think that's ultimately why we do what we do. Right. Is because this, like there's this, there's so much creative room especially on the game dev side of things right with youtube there's a little bit um there's just things you have to keep in mind to make sure you always got to make sure that your videos moving along get to the point make sure you're holding people's attention all of this stuff but with i don't know for me with the with the game dev side of things you just have this unlimited level of creative freedom you can make whatever the heck you want to make and i think 
and I'm assuming that it's the same for you as well. Um, that's why we ultimately work. We don't feel like we burn out, right? We keep on working really, really hard every day. And even though you put in more hours than you would if you worked at like a nine to five job or whatever, um, you don't feel as drained from it because what you're following the fun. You're just imagining stuff and actually making something that other people can play or watch and have an entertaining, mm-hmm. entertaining time watching or playing it. Right. It's, it's the most incredible thing. Yeah. I think that's, you hit the nail on the head. I think that's like the, the secret juice that keeps you going in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, I've taken up two hours of your time <laughs> and I really, I apologize for that. Um, but this is, it's been such a great time like talking with you. So before we wrap this up, is there anything, are there any just like parting thoughts that you want to leave with the audience before we wrap this thing up? Um, I don't think so. I could say some weird thing, but uh, it'll be <laughs> cringe. So I, uh, we'll just leave it how it is. But uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was really cool. This is, I was telling people, oh yeah, I have an interview and people are like, what, you're giving up on, on your dreams? <laughs> and I was like, oh no, no, it's like, it's like a podcast sort of thing. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but it's fun to, you know, mess with people to, oh yeah, yeah, interview. I should make a, I quit video next. That would probably do well. It probably would do well. <laughs> yeah. That's a really captivating title there. Yeah, man, honestly, thank you so much. And I just want to say, um, you know, to those of you who are listening, this has been Aya. You can it, it you can look up his YouTube channel. It's spelled A I A. Um, you can look him up. He's got really phenomenal devlog videos. And uh, if you want to see how to make a good devlog video, this is the guy's channel that you want to go to because these videos are absolutely incredible. And I also want to just drop Mana Valley. Go to Steam. Wishlist the game because again, this guy Aya has so much like talent for style this game just looks so it's like a it reminded me of a 3d stardew valley but like i don't know but with much better combat (laughs) if that makes sense like uh, just the game looks like so much fun and uh yeah i i just wish you all the success and i hope that you uh and yeah thank you so much man and i hope you enjoy the rest of your week thank you so much for joining me here thank you all right man take care it's been great chatting with you You see, Brandon. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye, buddy. That's all I've got. If you love this episode and you haven't already left a rating and review, please consider doing that now. It really helps this podcast grow and reach more awesome people like yourself. Thanks so much. Bye.